What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another holiday horrific movie. Ho, 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 ho. See, I was there this time. I didn't leave you. (laughs) Thank you. I still fumbled a little bit. I'm going to get it. (laughs) By the end of the month, I'll have it. Um, But yeah, we're back. We're back with some more holiday horror. This time, it's a musical. Yup, very yeah. in the season. Actually, very exciting. Have we have we covered a musical before? Mm. No. Is this is our <laughs> first musical. Oh, I'm going snap. to definitively say no because I do not know when that would have happened. Right, and I feel like I would remember if we had covered a musical before because there's. I mean, there are a couple scary musicals, quote unquote, but there's not like so many that I feel like we'd forget. Like, I think right. we'd know if we'd done one before. I think we would as well. This is going to be really embarrassing if we have done one and we're like, <laughs> oh, we would know. We would know. But I truly do not recall ever covering a movie that was a full on musical. Maybe we mm-hmm. covered a movie that had a little song sequence in it, but I don't think we've covered a tried and true from beginning to end i'm singing in the streets i'm dancing the rain type of musical Mm -hmm. um exciting for me because i'm a bit of a musical girly i don't i think i've discussed this maybe in passing before but on my spotify wrapped broadway was my third most listened to genre So you got a little bit of expertise when it comes to yeah, this. Yeah, so I'm a little bit knowledgeable when it comes to musicality, to the <laughs> theater, to the arts, the musical mm-hmm. arts. I've got a little know-how. I'm a fan. Okay. Off the top of your head, favorite musical? Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> That's hard. Um. Oh, gosh. That's hard. I've in in my soul. I'm just going to probably say the the one that I always enjoy. Mm-hmm. I think just because it holds a special place in my heart is a chorus line. I don't think it's the best mm-hmm. musical. I don't even know that it's like my top. It doesn't even have like my top songs or my top like performances or what have you. But I just think that. It's one of those musicals that I just, I really like. Okay. I like the plot. I like the uh-huh. plot of a chorus line. You're familiar with the chorus line. We had to do a little chorus line thing in at, in college. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Not, not my favorite of the random activities <laughs> that we did in art school, but also mm. wasn't the worst. Like I, the thing is like, I too enjoy musicals, but yeah. I can't sing. So like, I have to kind of admire them from afar. Mm. But I have done a couple throughout my life. Um, I think similarly to you, uh, my favorite, quote unquote, musical is Hairspray, but not because it's like Mm. actually my favorite, but just because like it's the most memorable 
musical experience that I've had. Right. Um, so it holds a very like nostalgic, dear place in my heart. But mm-hmm. um, musicals are something I've always had respect for and wish that I was more talented in that realm to do, um, but still appreciate, you know, because mm-hmm. like it takes a lot of work. Like acting already is hard to then throw in choreography and singing and like hyper, hyper heightened emotion. It's a lot of work. Yeah, that's fair. Also, I'd like to throw in honorable mention only because it is also winter or December. And this to me is like a go to holiday staple is rent. Uh, Um, mm -hmm. So fucking sad. I don't know why I do that to myself, but I love (laughs) watching rent in December. And that is another one where I think. Although that I will say, I do think that's a good musical. It does have some of my favorite songs, mm-hmm. but I also will say, I think that's another one where it's more so the memory, <laughs> the mm-hmm. ne- like the the memories that Rent holds uh, for me help p- boost that that musical a bit. Okay, fair enough. Um, this one, all right, last tangent, but this one is one musical that I've heard of my entire life. And have never seen in any capacity may surprise you actually is have you seen cats <laughs> i have <laughs> okay I that have is one cats. that i feel like that was one of the first musicals i'd ever even heard of and mm-hmm. to this day i still have yet to see any version of cats even the notorious movie version of cats that we got a couple of years ago i have yet to watch that but it's okay. one i've always been curious about because I just I don't know anything about it other than the fact that it's about cats. The thing about cats <laughs> is the it's just based on T.S. Eliot's book of poem, like some poems that he wrote. And so mm-hmm. the plot of it is the is thin as a thin as a potato chip because it's like, <laughs> OK, we're just going to use all these poems and like write songs. And so the thin of it is so th- is so the thin of it the thin of it is the plot (laughs) let's be real there is not very much of one because the whole thing about cats is it's like mainly about the dancing and Uh the singing um so there's a reason that memory is like the most (laughs) memorized like notable song from that is because all the other ones are literally it's just like a cat comes up and they're like this is this is Bibblebop, the the ruffian cat. And then they sing a whole song about Bibblebop and he's like dancing. That's the whole show. Mm, okay. So it's like, that's why so many people don't like cats because it's it's so specific. It If you're good, you can't really go for the plot uh-huh. <laughs> because there's not one. It's just like a lot of dancing and songs. It's all songs. Okay. Well, I mean, you kind of sold it with Bibbidi Bop, though, because now <laughs> I kind of want to know more about Bibbidi Bop. So perhaps I will go back and watch. As you should. As you should. <laughs> Some of these cats are cool. I like them. Some of these cats have a little bit of je ne sais quoi. But I'm just warning you, it's like a tried and true. I feel like cats is what people who don't like musicals think of when they think of a musical, because it literally is like song after song after song after song. Mm. And that's it Uh, (laughs) good luck have fun (laughs) well thank you for the warning but thankfully Mm -hmm. for you guys today's movie has nothing to do with cats um wait let me think about it 
Yeah, no, you're nothing right. Nothing to do with cats. Not, not a, a cat single to be found. cat to be found in this film. <laughs> but it is about something that y'all know is very near and dear to me, which is zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, that is right. Today's movie combines two wonderful, wonderful things, musicals and zombies, into one gorgeous Christmas package. And yeah. I was Our, the two of us <laughs> got combined <laughs> into, into the one. two personalities, zombie musical <laughs> together combined <laughs> with our powers combined we are the homies pick for yeah this we are week. the homies of horror <laughs> roshane's pick mm-hmm. if you can believe it believe it or not this so this pick for me um going off of last week i know that we wanted to do something a little silly to ring in the month um <laughs> yeah. and so going into week two I was a little conflicted about my choice because we could go two ways. We could either do something a little bit more serious or we can kind of still lean into the world of silly Christmas fun. Um, And I was really torn between both. I had a couple options coming into this week, but then on one last perusal through the different options, I uh, I ran across this title, which is Anna and the Apocalypse. Um, which is one that I had seen the poster for before, but never looked into, um, nor did I really know what it was about. But I ended up just watching the trailer on a whim. And after just watching that trailer, I knew with 1000% certainty that this was going to be my pick for the week. Because I was like, this is perfect. I don't know yeah. how I haven't seen this movie yet. Honestly, same. And And I will say this is a movie that has actually been mentioned to us over the years every December. Oh, and okay. We just never got around to it. But yeah, it's 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 exciting that we finally got to watch it. I will say after watching it, yeah, it's one of those ones where I'm honestly can't believe that I've gone so long without watching it. But I am happy that you picked it. Very pleased. I'm really excited to talk about it. And I mean, it's a horror comedy musical. <laughs> I'm just going to preface the scare scale by <laughs> reiterating that that is what this movie is. So I can think I think very similarly to last week, you homies probably know where our scale is going to be leaning more towards. But Roshane, mm-hmm. scale of one to five, five being... What's a scary musical? Five being the Phantom. Okay. From Phantom of the Opera. But not the way he looks in the musical, the way that he looks in like the original film adaptation. Okay. <laughs> Where his mask flies <laughs> off and he's like, ah, that Phantom. Uh-huh. And then one being SpongeBob from SpongeBob the Musical. Gotcha. How scary <laughs> is this is this movie? Um I'm going to go ahead and put this movie at a 1.2. So, like, Mm. a SpongeBob and, like, a partial Patrick. Um, It's So, this movie's not scary, as Erica mentioned. It is a comedy musical with Mm. a zombie backdrop. So, you're, like, you're not going to be too, too scared in this one. I do give it the 0.2 because it was gorier than I expected. Um, granted, if you do watch the trailer, you get a little bit of a hint of how gory the film gets, but I feel like for the genre that it's in, it was, uh, surprisingly gory. Mm. Um, not in like a, oh, you're going to be like sick type of way. It's just, there's a lot of fleshy bits being thrown about. 
Um, so that might be scary for a couple of people, but the actual content itself isn't very scary. So 1.2 out of five. Mm. Yeah, I'm pro- I would probably give this one a one. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think there's anything because I'm just thinking back. I don't think there's any moments that are jump scarish. They do have some kind of fun plays on that idea in horror of leading up to a jump scare, but they never play them through. It's always mm-hmm. usually leads up to a joke or is meant to be a joke. And so really, yes, the only thing that you have to maybe be afraid of here would be the gore, but it's pretty, pretty over the top gore, lots of sprays of blood, lots of head crunching, Mm -hmm. and most of the kills happen with the zombies particularly happen in comedic fashion. So yeah, I, I honestly feel like this is a great one to to have as a holiday horror if you're wanting more of the holiday than the horror but without further ado homies we're gonna enter into spoiler territory so you have been warned but today we're talking about anna and the apocalypse from 2017. this film was directed by john mcphail written by alan mcdonald and ryan mchenry with music by roddy hart and tommy riley and is starring Ella Hunt as Anna, Malcolm Cumming as John, Sarah Swire as Steph, Christopher Laveau as Chris, Marley Sue as Lisa, and Ben Wiggins as Nick. What's up, homies? You ready for this? I got a little ditty for you about Anna and the Apocalypse. Anna in the apocalypse Zane is on the movie with a musical twist Now it all goes down in a quiet town called Little Haven Where we meet our crew who never knew their world was about to end We got Anna, Lisa, Steph, and John And can't forget about Chris Cause it's Christmas time and lies are on the line When a zombie outbreak hits We got high school music Coles and no, we ain't talking about Disney. Bowling alley brawls and blood as far as the eye can see. Evil snowmen, Christmas trees, and even zombie pee. But ain't nothing stopping Anna from saving her family. Our movie ends with Anna and friends on their way to school. The one thing standing in their way is Savage and he's a tool. But in the end, it all depends on if they can stay alive. And when the credits roll, we'll know if Anna will survive. It's funny that you mentioned High School Musical because this movie, to me, gave me kind of victorious vibes. And <laughs> um, Ella Hunt gave me Victoria Justice. Not in a, in a, in a good I want to be clear <laughs> that when I say this. <laughs> I like Victorious. I liked that show. Mm-hmm. I think that there are some bops from that show. Tell me that you love me, sung by Andre <laughs> on the keys. <laughs> Bitch, I, don't get me started. I think that there were some bops on that. So that is a compliment for me. But okay. Ella Hunt was kind of giving me Victoria Justice. Okay. I had the vibes. I had the vibes. I, had, I saw the Disney. I know that's a Nickelodeon show. She hit us with the Disney knees at one point. 
<laughs> she did hit those knees. <laughs> she did hit those knees in the middle she of did. a cemetery too. I was like, "All right, girl, go ahead." Disrespectful. <laughs> Imagine it being in the middle of a cemetery and hitting the Demi Lovato Camp Rock knees. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that shit was so good. <laughs> <laughs> she was. I've never she seen them that close to the ground either. I was, was going to say, she got some distance on those knees. Like, she got real close to the ground. It's funny because, like, you could tell that she was she was truly, she was doing the thing. She was dancing yeah. her, her heart out, which a lot of these characters do, both sing and dance with their full heart of hearts. Mm -hmm. um, they put their all into it. They, they really do. And similarly, in the same vein as your victorious shout out, there are a lot of bops in this movie mm -hmm. as well. The music is very catchy, more or like catchier than I was expecting, honestly. Well, that's such a big deal. I honestly, that was my biggest concern is a musical is <laughs> really only as good as its songs. Right. So I was nervous, not because I thought that they were going to be bad by any means, but I just didn't know if I was going to be into them. But I, yeah, I agree. The, the songs are well done and honestly the there was nobody and now i will say granted first of all shout out to roddy hart and tommy riley for doing the music but also there was nobody in this movie that i thought had a bad voice i feel like there were some people who had stronger voices than others but everyone to me had a pleasing voice and it fit the song that they were singing i will say if nothing else i feel like they wrote the music for the person Mm -hmm. And so they played to their strengths and that worked really well. Yeah. And then some of them even were some like knockout hits for me in terms of just, I was surprised that they're singing. Um, mm -hmm. I think Steph for me was the number one on that list. Cause the first time Steph started singing, I did not expect the belts to be belting the way that they were. I said, Oh my Lord. Okay, Steph girl. was Steph was killing them. I also thought Chris had a really great voice. Chris, too. Chris was very surprising once he slipped into singer voice. That was wild to me. Not because I expected him not to have a good voice, but we do have to wait a while before Chris sings. I honestly didn't think he was going to get a song. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, he kind of came in on the, on, the high, on the high keys. And I thought, <laughs> wow, that was a crazy note that you just hit in a good way. Um, but also, I honestly think, um, like, Anna has a really great voice as yeah. well. She, she um, honestly really does. There's which like, is good, because she sings the most songs out of everybody. <laughs> uh, true. Um, but there's, like, there's some, like, trill that she hits during the first song that immediately just dropped me into, oh, excuse me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I was in the presence of a singer. <laughs> My bad. Right pardon me pardon <laughs> i did not realize we had professionals uh <laughs> but i am yeah i honestly like i said everybody in this movie does a good job singing wise some voices are stronger but all of them are solid like yeah. and i think fit the songs that they were meant to sing and did what needed to be done. And so I never, there was never a time where a song started and I thought, oh my God. Like I <laughs> I was fine anytime. Cause you know, sometimes you'll have those characters where you're just thinking, I don't really want to hear your song or your perspective or what have you. I didn't really feel that way 
in this film. I was okay with anybody singing by yeah, the point we were even, halfway through. <laughs> yeah, even Savage's song is fun. Um, yes. Where it's just like, there, there's no character who you are dreading their potential solo. Like, every mm -hmm. character can sing. Uh, every character does a great job during their singing sequences. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Have uh, you seen Moulin Rouge? Like the I have movie? Seen Moulin Rouge, yes. Okay. Um, Savage is giving me the Duke when the Duke <laughs> sings like a virgin. <laughs> that is exactly how Savage sings his songs. So they're like more comedic tone. But every time he sings, it has that very like feels so good in you know what i mean like yeah, no, <laughs> that <absolutely>. kind of rat <laughs> that ratty quality to it mm -hmm. and but i will say as a result as i was listening to savage's songs i thought my sister would not like these songs because she hated the duke song <laughs> in the moulin rouge um but yes he has even he has that sort of caricature or highly highly characterized kind of singing voice where mm -hmm. it's like every time he sings he's very much playing up his character rather than trying to sound as like good good as possible yes, yeah yes. Mm -hmm. um his song i will say i liked it i still enjoyed it his singing voice was the most shocking for me <laughs> and i think that's mostly because w right around the time he gets his solo we have just established him as such a dark villainous character who's so evil and yeah. then two verses in he's already hitting the highest like notes that i'll never hit in my <laughs> lifetime i was like oh okay this is this took a direction mm -hmm. i was not expecting but gushing about the songs aside i'm very curious to know erica what is in your notebook okay technically my first note is fun opening sequence because i did think that it's a cartoon um, and it's opening credits, which you guys know I'm always a fan of. We kind of watched this cartoon Santa get terrorized and chased all throughout the town by zombies. And as the Santa's running around, he runs into all of the different characters. And I thought that that was really fun. I thought it was a nice way to start the film on more of this upbeat tone. Because that is what the movie holds for at least half of it is a more comedic, upbeat, um, kind of carefree version of a zombie apocalypse. Uh, mm -hmm. That is what the ha first half of this movie is. It does take a little bit of a tone shift at times, which I do appreciate. But I do think that this opening sequence really kind of gets you in the mood for that. But so, OK, really quickly before your next note, there is something of note here, which is yeah. we forgot to mention that the two of us watched different versions of this movie because I think you watched the extent to us. <laughs> unbeknownst to us. We didn't realize <laughs> until we got ready to record. But I think I watched the one that was on Amazon and I think you watched the one that was on AMC and the yes. AMC one, I believe, is the extended cut. Yes, the AMC is the director's cut, which is the longest version of the movie. Mm. And I think you potentially watched the theatrical. There's three different ones, so I'm not sure exactly which one yours was. Mm -hmm. But yes, mine was the longest version. And I we are just now realizing that apparently that credit sequence is only in the director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all could see, like my eyes kind of glazed over because I was like, wait what what scene are you talking about right at least my the version that i watch starts with a like the title card 
And then we jump directly into the car with Anna and her dad and John. We don't get any Santa bit in the beginning. But the way you're describing it kind of makes me feel like I missed out on I something. I do think you got gypped a little bit because I am so serious with this. The opening sequence is very, very fun. It's, like I said, yeah, it's completely uh, like three-minute-long cartoon sequence of Santa getting chased around Little Haven uh, by zombies. And we're introduced to animated versions of every character. Then it cuts to the title card. The zombies jump on Santa, blood splatters everywhere, title card, car sequence. Ooh, that sounds so fun. That, <laughs> that part I kind of wish they kept in there. <laughs> yeah. So just something to be aware of, homies. Uh, as we're going through this discussion, we might have some things that I had in my version that Roshane didn't. Um, so we will discover that as time goes along. But I am sad you didn't get that sequence. But it's okay because my other... <laughs> I guess will would technically be your first note for your version mm-hmm. is that why did I and I why did I immediately know this was British? I had not seen the trailer for this, so I didn't know that this was a British film. Mm-hmm. Um, something about the way this car sequence is shot, like the opening shots we get of all three of the characters sitting in the car before we even get to the dad and we see the steering wheels on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. As soon as it opened up on Anna, I don't know why in my head I thought, oh, they're they're British. And I think <laughs> it's because it reminded me of Shaun of the Dead, the way that this car sequence is shot. Yeah. And I think I immediately thought, as soon as the camera came up, I immediately thought of Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And then I just assumed that this was a British film. And then I was right. When they started talking, I felt vindicated. <laughs> to, to a certain degree. Because I... I guess technically like Little Haven is where it takes place and that's supposed to be in Scotland. However, um, the actors all are have different accents because yeah. we do have like Steph is American. Ella Hunt herself is British and she still has her British accent. But then like the dad is very clearly Scottish. John is very clearly Scottish. Um, so it's like an amalgamation of, <laughs> of different like obviously all of the actors are from different places in yeah. that like in Europe and so they're keeping those same accents but we're in Scotland. However, yeah. I'm counting that as a win. I still think that's a win <laughs> for me cuz when Ella Hunt opened her mouth, I technically was correct. <laughs> Look, the important part is that we're not in the states. So we are yes. overseas. Um, and I think it could be the rolling countrysides through the windows that might be a giveaway that mm-hmm. we are not in the States. Because I just feel like we don't have a lot of scenery like that. But that is a completely different tangent. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I this this film really does scream Shaun of the Dead. And like I know that a lot of other films that have come before this film served as inspiration for it, Shaun of the Dead being one of them. Um, but what I was definitely afraid of going into this one as somebody who has Shaun of the Dead very high on their list of movies is that this was just going to be less good Shaun of the Dead. That was my worry. Um, and although you can tell that it takes some inspiration from that movie, it's completely different doing its own thing. Um, but the hints of other movies that I do see in this one, I think are, are very well done. And a lot of them are very... Uh, small, minute things like certain character names will be references to other films or what have you. 
but I think collectively the movie has a very specific charm that is very much unique to just it. Like it, Mm -hmm. you can like say like, oh, this scene reminds me of this movie or like this character reminds me of so-and-so from this, but everything still feels in universe for this one. And now that could be due to the fact that it is a musical. So it's just like these characters are very much a part of a grander whole. Um, But I like that this movie outside of just being a musical finds its own ways to carve a unique spot out of the zombie genre because that's always as a proponent of this genre that is something that we do struggle with every time we cover a zombie film is whether or not it breaks the mold in any way that is effective or useful or different than what we've seen before and anna and the apocalypse does just that it remains a zombie film while completely breaking the mold and doing its own thing which i do appreciate one of my favorite things about the way that zombies and the infection is handled in this film that for some reason really hit me in a way that it doesn't always is honestly i think when people get bit in this movie i really loved the way that the person who was bitten reacted i Mm. feel like for some reason in this one and i think it's because they do go down the thread that the transformation is pretty quick in this one you don't have a ton of time once you're bitten to just be hanging out you know having a laugh having a drink like you you do have limit very limited time but first of all it takes a while before any of our main characters even start to get bitten so much so that i almost wondered if that was going to be the case i almost mm-hmm. was thinking maybe that most of them if not all of them would make it just because at that point in time, like I said, we were leaning into a a very lighthearted tone and it just didn't feel like it was going to go in a direction where these characters that we had spent time getting to know and caring about were going to become non-existent within this film. Uh, But when we do, I actually really loved it because most of the characters that we do come to care about, they don't just, they don't immediately get eaten by a bunch of zombies. All of them get just bitten. And so therefore will change and have time to deal with that. But I don't know what it is about the way that everyone just kind of like resigns to it. There's almost this feeling when they get bitten where it's like, well, that sucks. Like Mm kind of nothing to do about that. I think especially with John, because he is our very first character that it happens to. I don't something about the way that he reacted I, I just it really hit me just that kind of quiet like acceptance that yeah. there's really nothing to be done about it and that it really is unfortunate like it would have been really really nice to make it through this but I guess I'm not that one and then even with Lisa and Nick, I think that the way that they react to is pretty Chris for Chris. Who the fuck is? Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, or but yeah, even with like Lisa and Chris, I think the way that they react and handle the situation, it's not something that we always can get because normally in a zombie movie, to be honest, you are kind of pulling for some pretty intense zombie gore and violence. And so we do see a lot of characters who get eaten, like full on torn apart. Yep. And so we don't always get these moments to 
sit with them and have them deal with the consequences in the situation. But I don't know. I, I feel like there were some really nice emotional moments with these characters because a they're kid like they're not kids, but they're teenagers yeah. dealing with this. And there is just this sort of resignation that they did their best, but it kind of is what it is. And they're just going to have to wait it out now. And I don't know. I feel like they struck a really nice emotional chord with that, which was so different than the tone that we had gotten in the rest of the movie. Yeah, that's very true. Because like we we established very early on that zombies are in universe for these characters. Like people know what zombies mm -hmm. are, which I will say on a little mini soapbox here. I do think unless you're doing a period piece from this point on any zombie film written past like 20 let's just say 2023 the characters should know what zombies are like it's it, it's one of those things that it just takes me out when the characters don't know about this very highly established um sort of idea but mm -hmm. outside of that what's nice is like yes the characters immediately understand what a bite means to them and like what will happen to them so they have to just kind of live in that moment and one of the strengths of the genre has always been the characters right and one of the strengths of this film is the characters so it very much works in its favor in that way because everyone on this list of friends characters high school students i think all of them are likable i really really like this group and like their dynamic all of their individual quirks everything about them like in the time that we spend with these characters before they start dying i do feel like we really get to know each one of them in a unique way and so it does make it a lot more heart-wrenching once they start dying because you really do like you said expect at some point that these characters might be safe like this might be one of those kind of films where like the zombie stuff is happening but like for the most part, a majority of this group will probably make it like maybe like one or two of them we might lose along the way. Um, but I will say they do a good job of subverting your expectations in that way, because the amount of people that do end up dying was very surprising to me by the end, because I thought that more of them were going to make it out of this alive. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I do think that because of that and mixed in with the heightened emotion that I think is pretty standard in musicals it hurts when you lose characters and especially when you lose a character that you've somewhat connected with a character that you like that you think might have been endearing in some way watching them die and watching them have that moment before death it's very sad and i do think that like john is a prime example of that because like it really introduces that idea for the entire group with him being the first one. Mm -hmm. um, and again, subverting expectations, the way John is set up, you really don't expect him to be one of the first people out. Like yeah. he, he really is set up to be there for the long run. Um, and the plot apparently does did not have it to be that way. And like, I think that was a smart choice because from then on, it really felt like, all right, it's free game. Like nobody's safe. You never know who's going to go next, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but leaning a little bit into the characters, um, like I said before, I think everyone was played in a way that made them at least somewhat likable, if not understandable. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the that little caveat I think is mostly for Nick because he's one of the characters <laughs> who you start off really disliking, but by the end you do have a different outlook on who he is as a person. Um, I just think the movie does a great job in establishing our characters, our group, and all of their relationships. I mm-hmm. like I was very impressed by that. What I like about Nick is I like that he's still basically himself by the end mm-hmm. of it. We just learn a little bit more about him. That makes us not necessarily like him, but I just think it makes us see him a little bit more as a human than when we start and he is the embodiment of a douchebag. And mm-hmm. then I think as the movie goes on, we see him a little bit more of an ally to our characters than anything else. Yeah. But I do appreciate that he does not lose those characteristics of himself that make him an asshole. Mm -hmm. He softens them a little bit, but I do think that this could have been one of those things where they have him go down this arc where all of a sudden he's this nice guy at the end and he's atoned for all of his bullying and all that. No, that doesn't happen. He's still (laughs) kind of an addict by the end of it, but a more palatable dick and one that you think yeah i kind of <laughs> i kind of understand um, oh my god i'm sorry we why... have to have that on a t-shirt a more pal- palatable no, dick we can't <laughs> um you it's more so that you just you can understand why the events that have taken place have at, at least allowed him to be a little bit more of a team like a teammate rather than an antagonist Mm -hmm. and by the end of it you could definitely see him continuing on with steph and anna and them being okay all three of them together he's probably still going to be annoying he's probably still going to get on their nerves and say stupid shit Mm -hmm. but you can see that he cares more and that's important in a situation like this yeah it feels like savage is the only like outright evil character in this Mm -hmm. movie um which i think is a smart choice in just having a bunch of characters and people that exist um even the dad i thought did a great job of like now granted in my version you only get to spend so much time with him but i do think that every time he's on screen he does help with the relationship between him and anna Mm -hmm. um and so it does make his send off at the end uh, all the more sad because it's just like you watch poor Anna lose so much throughout the course of this musical, despite all of the fun that we're having with all of the singing and all mm-hmm. the dancing and all that stuff. There is a pretty like dark story that's underneath um, yeah. when you look at the hard facts of what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but a quick little summary again for perhaps you made it this far. You don't know what the story is about. Um, I mean, it's we're we're getting ready for Christmas. These characters are there's a Christmas show. Some of them have to work that day or that night. Um, so we split up our group between the people who are at the school and then the people who are working at the bowling alley. The zombie outbreak hits, and then these characters need to figure out how to come together to try and you know make it back to either their significant others, their family, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of this movie is just kind of watching these two groups try and come back together again. Mm -hmm. Um, While, of course, dealing with the growing number of zombies that are plaguing their town. Mm -hmm. And I 
I think for the most part, keeping the plot that simple was a good idea because uh, it allowed us to mix in the slice of life stuff with the with the stuff that was moving the plot forward very easily. Like we get to spend time with the characters and it's like, boom, zombie outbreak hits. Now the characters have a clear mission, a clear thing that they're trying to do. I think similarly to Shaun of the Dead and how it's like, all right, we're trying to make it to the Winchester. Same idea here. It's like, all right, we're trying to make it to the school. Um, I think it plays out very well. I think the pacing for the most part is good. Um, I think depending on which version you watch, the end, like the second half might feel a little bit long. We might get into that, but... Um, I think overall the the um, scene to scene structure is pretty good where it's like we we get all the stuff that we need with only like a little bit extra on the side for like character development purposes. Yeah, I I think one of my cons going into a little bit of what you said, if anything, for this movie, because for me, there's a lot of pros. One thing that I did feel at times within this is I think for me, some of the best songs within musicals are ones that really move the plot forward and get us from point A to point B. And whilst that's happening, we're hearing a song, but there's still a lot of action and things happening. Maybe the seasons are changing. Maybe like there's, I don't know, they're going to rebel and we watch them marching through the streets during the song, things like that. That does happen at times in this movie. I think it's the most successful in actually two of our later songs, the song that Savage sings, where the kids are all fighting back against the zombies while he's singing. Mm -hmm. And then also the song that Anna sings when she goes to save her dad and she's fighting zombies while it's happening. Mm -hmm. I think two of those are great examples of moving the plot forward. Also, I think another great one is the song that Anna and John sing when the apocalypse is happening around them and they're totally not even noticing it because they're having such a great day. Yeah. That they like, don't even realize <laughs> that all of this stuff is going on around them. And then by the end of it, they've met back up with each other and then they realize that it's happening together. Those ones to me, I think are great examples of that. And that's not to say that every single song needs to move a plot forward. There are a lot of songs where they are literally just like, numbers that kind of pause the show and give us the inner workings of a character and then we like pop back into the real world after that i just don't know that the balance was exactly how i wanted it i felt like we got a lot of songs where it felt like it really stopped the action that's not to say i didn't like the songs because i did but i did want a couple more that were really moving us forward um, and also I wasn't sure why they did <laughs> Twas the Night Before Christmas instead of doing a song during that one scene post John getting bit and we like see them like Anna working through those emotions. Mm-hmm. Not sure why we didn't have a song there. It felt like the perfect time to have one. Um, but yeah, there were just a few times when the songs came in and I and I was really, really itching to see what was going to happen post the song. And so although I enjoyed the song, I wished a little bit more was like unfolding during it. Yeah, it's like we like pause the movie for the song. Our momentum came to a stop, which works 
like I said, can work when you're just trying to figure out the inner workings of like the character and the, and the state that they're in at the time where they are mindset wise, that can be, I think the biggest ones for me that I really felt <laughs> that during was the um, one about like Look, the human, human voice? voice song. I thought yes. so, yeah. The human voice song really, really kind of slogged things down for me. And mm -hmm. strangely enough, we can talk about it after we talk about the human voice song. The song that was cut from your movie that I got. Um, uh, also gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. kind of, but we can talk about that one after the human voice song. That's fair. Yeah, human human voice is an, a little bit of an enigma because I really like the song. Like I, I think yeah. the song is fun. And I think that everyone's performance of the song is awesome and i understand why the song is there like mm -hmm. it is a very heightened state of emotion and we're just kind of getting like a, a a peek into how these characters are feeling during this very pivotal moment in the plot but like when you watch it through it is it is presented very much like a ballad you know it's just a lot of characters just standing and just like belting out their emotions and whatnot and although it sounds nice and it's and it's like a it's a great sequence and a very catchy tune i understand and feel what you're, where you're coming from there where it's like the next step in the plot is to move out and head to the school mm -hmm. but we have to stop here and sing this three minute song you know what i mean yeah it's one of those things where if you enjoy the song, it probably doesn't bother you. You're just like, this is a bop. Like, I'm cool with it. But, like, if you're actively trying to see what's happening next, it does put a little bit of a halt there. Um, I mm -hmm. definitely felt that. I think that, funny enough, Hollywood ending is a little bit similar to that, too, where mm -hmm. it's a glimpse into the character's, like, mental states and, like, where they're at, but it's very much like a, here's our high school musical moment. Like, and to be fair, here's the thing. I would not cut either of these two songs. I feel that way, but I would still absolutely have both of those songs in there. Right. Um, just because I, I I enjoy them a lot. I think they're fun. Also, just a side note, at the start of Hollywood ending, when it's like people lip syncing before they go into the actual song, and it's like cutting to random people in the lunchroom and they do the shot of the lunch lady just wiping <laughs> down the table, mouthing the song. Uh. I died. That shit <laughs> knocked me out. That was so funny to me. <laughs> um, but yes, there was. So between the versions, I believe there is one cut song. There might be another one possibly. But the biggest one is the one between the dad and Savage, right? Yes. So uh, yes, the dad. I don't even know. Did you do you have the scene? I'm. You have to. The scene where they cut back to them at the school and the dad and john's mom are both saying our kids are out there we need to go out there and savage is saying no we're gonna wait in here for people to come get us yeah okay that's so, that, that setup is still there okay so from that setup it leads into a, a heated moment between the um between tony and savage where tony says like hey our friends and our family are out there that's more important that's like the stand we should take is that we should go out there because they would do the same thing for us and then savage says we got to prioritize baby we can't have we we don't have the time and so then from there they break into a song that is basically like who stands with me 
I stand for my kin or my family and shit. And then I was like, who stands for me? It's time to be selfish and like worry about ourselves. And so they sing this whole song where they like, <laughs> they keep kind of like walking around each other. They rip off their coats and they keep like <laughs> <laughs> grabbing at each other. And they're basically arguing back and forth. And then at one point, um, Lucy also joins the song and or Lisa, Lisa joins the song. At one point, Lisa also joins the song and she proposes that they should all work together as a team. Fucking nobody listens to her. But <laughs> by the end of this, the whole basic. It's one of those things where it's I'm actually quite surprised that it's not in yours because I do think that it does build into what the fighting that Tony and Savage kind of have because this is honestly when they fall apart the two of them the most mm -hmm. because savage keeps saying do you stand with me are you behind me and tony says no i'm not like you're not standing with me you're not behind me so the two of them don't see eye to eye so i'm actually surprised it's cut because i feel like that kind of leads into why savage specifically takes tony as a prisoner later is because mm -hmm. tony tony is like the main voice against him mm -hmm. also by the end of it Tony, <laughs> they have this whole thing where they're like, stand behind me if you agree with my side. Tony only has six people behind him. <laughs> and Savage has like 25 people standing behind him. So by the end of it, everybody takes Savage's side, which I think is also another reason that later on, as people can like start to slowly one by one disagree with him, I think that that's also why as time goes on, he starts to lose it a little bit is because this is the first time that people are on his side mm. and then slowly over time they start to go back to tony's side and so it's weird because it is one of those things that i think it makes more i think their conflict ramps up much better with this song in there because it's so evident of the tension between them and their differing ideals on how you deal with this sort of a situation mm-hmm but also at the same time, it is a it's another moment that to me, we come to a standstill because whilst this is happening, you're kind of waiting to see what's going on with our crew at the bowling alley. Mm -hmm. But we can't because we have to sit through this song and watch Savage and Tony have their little big balls off and like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just slows things down a little bit. So it's like another one of those ones where I'm conflicted because Yeah. It's like it's I don't like know. it it does what it needs to do, but it's also like a logical cut if you needed to make one would probably be the song between them. Right. Um I I think the biggest shame there is not getting to see Tony sing in at least mm -hmm. my cut, you know what I mean? Or I mean at least have his own full song. Uh because right. it does feel like everyone else gets their moment to shine and you know, I want to hear Tony belt something. That'd be <laughs> nice. But I last question about the songs, actually, do you have a favorite? Thank you for asking. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I think my favorite is the the end song, the I Will Believe song. Oh, okay. I think that that is probably one of my favorites. I think that the message... For me, that song, the message behind it and all of the different characters and the, the Anna singing it and having that version of the message and then her dad singing it and having his version of it, I feel like works the best mm 
with wrapping up kind of this whole idea that, you know, I'll believe we can make something work while I'm up and kicking, but who knows? Mm -hmm. I also think it's just a really pretty song. And I like the that's one where I feel like it feels obviously it's a ballad where we're kind of static, but I understand why. And I feel like that's a good example of us just kind of moving forward in Anna's character, maybe not moving forward with the plot, but we kind mm-hmm. of get to see the growth that she's made. And I also like that it's played over us seeing all of our past characters and like kind of what happens to them throughout. Yeah. So I think that's my top one. And then my second would probably be, weirdly enough, also like the first song, the breakaway song. I like that one too. But also shout out to It's That Time of Year, (laughs) the Christmas song that Lisa sings at the show. I thought that that was so funny. I really liked that one. so unexpected. That whole sequence, (laughs) I did not see that coming, but that was fun. And honestly, she sang that song. I give it to her. She Mm -hmm. really did. I liked Uh, it. Yeah, it was good. Uh, for me, it is now. Although the gag of them not seeing anything around them as they're heading to school is completely unbelievable, mm-hmm. I do love the "Miles Away" song, whatever its actual title is, when they're like dancing through the streets. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite one, just because like I find that sequence is fun to me. Plus, the song is also very catchy. Uh, out of all of them, that one I have been like singing in my head the most so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give that one its props um and then look feel how you feel about them but nick's solo song soldier of war is kind of a hit it's kind of a hit (laughs) it do slap it really does i i'll give him that as well i said the man has no boundaries but boy does he have pipes (laughs) (laughs) like that one that song is funny and also the setup for me was very funny because I wrote in my notes right before that happens. Can we talk about the weapon lineup that they have between him and the other bullies? They got knife claws, a video game controller, two watermelons, and a baseball bat. And they're like, all right, we're about to get to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. But okay, sure. I give them kudos because you know what? Every single one of those items does get used to quell a zombie. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right. Y'all shut and me up real quick. It's fun to watch. I feel like that number is another good example of a song that moves the plot forward because mm-hmm. it's fun to watch all of them on their little killing spree, but then also watch our main group kind of trying to like slip around them <laughs> at the same time. I think that that one's really fun as well. That's a, that is a good one. And yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, all of the songs in this I are enjoyable. I think the the biggest thing is just what visually was happening during these songs that kind of lended into how I felt in the moment about them. But mm-hmm. they're all songs that I was that I thought were well done, catchy, and I enjoyed listening to them. Mm-hmm. All right. So with the now we talked about the songs, let's talk a little bit about the i think plot overall and like mm-hmm. how you felt about it and like the story like did everything work for you here was there anything that you might have wanted to tweak etc cetera, etc cetera? yeah 
honestly, I think that everything works really well. There was a minute in time where I thought we were taking too long to get into the actual apocalypse aspect. Mm-hmm. But I will say that is and I that is a feeling that changed for me because I do think if we didn't take as long as we did, I wouldn't have felt as strongly for the characters as I did by the time we actually got there. Right. So I think if we had cut more time from the beginning, yes, we would have gotten into the shenanery quicker, but I don't know that it would have held as much weight as it does now because I would say what? There's probably a good 20 minutes before we wake up on the day and everything is really going wrong. Like Mm -hmm. we do get a lot of setup and it felt at first, I think especially as time was ramping up and we got to the Christmas musical and I'm thinking, what are we doing at this musical? Is this important? Why are we here? I, I think that's when I really started to feel that is when we got to the Christmas musical because I didn't at the time, I couldn't quite understand the significance of it, but you're right. It is really more so we just needed a reason for our characters to be separated. We needed some of them to be at the school. We needed some of them to be at the bowling alley. We need some of them to be at home. We needed our characters to be scattered because a lot of this plot is a journey (laughs) across Mm -hmm. town, across Little Haven. And Honestly, I think that's the best thing that they could have done because it is really, really fun to see the state of this town. Yeah. And because it isn't, it is so much of, it does feel apocalyptic. It's not just we're being overrun by zombies. There's explosions and fires and car crashes and mm-hmm. all of these things that are inherent to zombie films. But we don't always, we're not always on the outside for that. Sometimes we're trapped in a mall and we don't get to see exactly what is happening out and about. And there is those stories are equally as entertaining and equally as scary. But I think for a movie like this, where it is a musical, we do kind of have to keep it moving Mm because you can't just be in the same location and have people singing in every room. It just would not. It wouldn't have worked. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that it's one of those things where it grew on me as the plot went along. I think by the time we got into the zombie outbreak, I was on board with all the characters. I was excited to see where we went. And I've seen some people who actually feel like the first half is much stronger and they didn't like how it ended. I am actually, I think, the opposite of that camp. I think that the movie actually got stronger for me as it went along and... I felt like, not to say that the, the beginning didn't stick for me because it did, but I just felt like the ending stuck the landing much better and I felt a little shaky in the start. Interesting. Okay. I would say I kind of lean with the masses there and like the, mm. I, I was more in in on it on the first half. Not to say I dislike the second half by any means. I felt like the second half really leaned heavily into the musical side of things, which I was okay with. But it just took like a quick um, retooling in my brain to just like accept the fact that it's like, all right, we're in like the crescendo like finale part. There's going to be some big musical numbers. There's going to be like some choreography, et cetera, et cetera. I just had to like 
mentally prep myself for that. I just think the most difficult thing about the second half of this movie is I think it's revolving Savage and him as the villain. Because, like, I mm. feel like the second half really hinges on your belief that this guy has lost it to this degree that he's causing kind of all of these problems to pile up for our characters. And he is a very, very eccentric character played very, very eccentrically. And I feel mm -hmm. like if you don't, if he's not a believable villain for you, the second half will be rough because it's like, he's the main, okay. he's the main force that you're going up against. Um, for me after I think after the sequence where they make it back to the school and he's just sitting there menacingly <laughs> eating Christmas dinner, the transition from that into his solo for me sold him as a character and made the second half work because yeah. those two things combined for me was like, all right, this man's the villain. We got to take him out somehow that that's enough to keep me trucking through the end of this um, where I could see like if Savage ain't your favorite in terms of like you just don't want to see a lot of them. It can make that second half drag because a lot of that, mm -hmm. again, is the characters just dealing with him while simultaneously trying to, like, save the rest of their friends. Right. Um, so I think it's just a palette thing. I do think that both like I think the first half and second half are equally strong for different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, it's just more maybe what you're going into this movie for and what you're expecting. Right. Um and I will say, I, I really enjoy the choreography of all of the musical numbers as we get deeper and deeper into the movie, especially mm -hmm. during some of those later ones. Um, the fun of Savages aside, like even Anna's last stand where she's going to go res rescue her dad. That's a really fun one to have her mm -hmm. sing her, her, you know, her war song while taking out these zombies with a candy cane like it's so mm -hmm. like the way that this film just very effortlessly combines zombie musical and christmas all together it's it's just a lot of fun and i feel yeah. like the second half is where a lot of that shines because they really do like you got christmas trees getting thrown in there like you got all these little sprinkles of the holiday to then also wrap around this zombie musical story that we're telling mm -hmm. i love the zombie reindeer costume because i love the idea that there's two people in this costume there's like <laughs> the butt and then the guy who's at the front and mm. i love that and it goes back and just keeps stabbing the guy that's in the back <laughs> for no reason but yes i agree i think the christmas el elements are really fun i love anna's choice of weapon mm -hmm. i think that that's great i love that she keeps that throughout and you know what I also enjoy about this? I like that this is a teenager's perspective on a zombie movie. Mm -hmm. The adults in this movie are not involved really with the zombies. The adults are kind of kept safe, quote unquote, for the majority of this movie. They are not helping our group. They are all locked up in the school. And then by the time we get back, most of the adults have been taken out. Yeah. And it's really up to our friends to are to handle this situation on their own and figure out that okay the adults don't have the answers the military she gone she been wiped out somehow all of them got taken out which is crazy mm -hmm. to me because i'm like what were you doing out there <laughs> what was the purpose because y'all got taken out in one fell swoop yeah but, but how many i mean how many militaries make it through these zombie apocalypse movies like let's be real here not a lot but i just thought 
did you even try? <laughs> it was it, like an overnight thing, so it that's was fair. Really fast, <laughs> and these are slow moving zombies that we have in this movie. Um, but yeah, we we really get to kind of watch them, and I think that really works too because that brings a little bit of the naivete to the situation mm-hmm. where. They take things a little bit light for a while, I think, until things really get serious. And I think some of that has to do with them being teenagers. But like what you said, them kind of knowing zombies and knowing how they are and almost being excited about that at first. And then when they realize that no help is coming and that things have gotten out of hand, it's not really fun anymore. I love the um, journey with um John and Chris about yeah. that because they they have that little exchange where it's like, dude, there's there's zombies. Yes, yeah, I'm awesome. like, <laughs> like, oh my god! I'm like, yep. Honestly, though, there is a part of the apocalypse where I would act the exact same way, yeah. even if just for a brief moment, be like, holy shit, there's really zombies. Mm-hmm. Even the selfie thing where it's oh like my a god, trend. evac selfie, yeah. realest shit ever. Absolutely, one thousand percent would happen. <laughs> One thousand percent. And Steph is like, yeah, we should go extinct. Like, <laughs> actually embarrassing. But yeah, just stuff like that where I think it lends itself well to the type of story that we're telling because there is an element of them who are kind of chilling when they think that everything's going to be taken care of. And then when things kind of end up being put in their hands, but even still, I don't know, even just the ideas that they come up with, I think it works well because of who they are, especially the whole thing with the inflatable pool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, that idea is just like so half brained, but it works because we've set (laughs) up enough with these characters that I do believe that he chris thought that was a good idea i truly (laughs) believe that and i do believe that he had enough charisma and spunk to convince them to at least try it despite the fact that they knew that that was not a good idea Mm -hmm. um but just stuff like that i feel like it's fun to see that from a lens of a younger group handling this situation Mm -hmm. and not having it be all adults who are having to go through this this zombie horde just to get to the school and i and the idea that they're having to go to save their parents and i feel like that's fun i feel like that's different Mm -hmm. we don't always get to see that version of things and i also will say even some of the journeys that we go on with them like anna's whole thing is she wants to travel she wants to go see the world and in some weird way she is now able to do that just in a really really twisted way and then chris's whole arc of kind of not really taking things serious or like not sentimental he's like a very kind of goofy just like light-hearted guy who doesn't really look or present himself as being too kind of heartfelt in a way. But then by the end of it, he is. He's like been filming all of this stuff and all of these memories that he was going to use for his presentation. And I like that we get to see 
like a little bit of what he he had done. Yeah, that scene like is I, so tragic to me. I, I know. It was such a surprise because after their first kiss in that lunchroom, I was like, I can't stand either of you. <laughs> I, I was like, these two characters are going to get on my damn nerves. Mm -hmm. And then once they both got bit, I was on the edge of tears. I was like, damn. Because, like, they they really did love each other. And yeah. it just, it hurts. Because, like, at some point, you think, maybe we'll, I don't know, mess with this dynamic in some way. No. The two of them just very very they deeply care about mm -hmm. each other and it's so poetic that they end up you know getting bit and turning together we get the little bits that imply that there is some humanity left in these people after mm -hmm. they turn with like the two of them grazing hands as zombies or john touching his sweater and just like stuff like that made that sequence all the more worse mm -hmm. and i think like overall I loved all the characters, but I did. Uh, by the end of it, I was very fond of Chris. Like he was making me laugh the most, mm -hmm. um, despite how tragic his storyline is. He still had the most upbeat attitude, like you said. Yes, and it just it yeah. sucked. It really he sucked was... to see him go. I kind of knew that he would go at some point, right. but it still hurt when it happened. I th I think the most the most touching part of that scene for me, for some reason, was him like waving goodbye to Steph mm -hmm. and it just I I it was a very simple moment it was but I was waiting for him to acknowledge her in some way because she's standing there and she's just seen all of this happen and she's still standing there and they the two of them have had these ebbs and flows throughout the whole movie where it's like they understand each other and then they don't get each other and then they like each other and then they're mad at each other but they have been together for a lot of this movie i yeah. mean they started together once everything went like shit up they were the ones who were together mm -hmm. and have continued to be and i think that there is a lot of them that is so different from each other but they by the end of the movie, it does also kind of feel like the two of them understand each other almost the most out of this whole group and like what the other person is going through with mm -hmm. wondering if your significant other is okay, wondering if like your guardian is okay and if they're and wanting so badly to be with them, but then in the back of your head thinking that they're not. I feel like the two of them relate on on that element a lot throughout this movie. Yeah. And so <laughs> I just to see i i think you know it's like she watches both of them get taken out but it's also kind of beautiful that they're together and that they're going to turn together but i just think him waving goodbye to her and like her waving goodbye back was just like a it was like a sad ending for them because they had been together for that whole time uh -huh. but it is also nice because he saved her in mm -hmm. a way i mean they both did like him and lisa were able to allow Stop. steph yeah. to get out and then by proxy she was able to save two more people so it's like they did a good job but it does suck <laughs> it does suck yeah um the only death that doesn't suck of course is savages um yeah. And my favorite part about Savage's death is, one, the foreshadowing I thought was great. When the star thing initially happened, I thought, like, okay, are we foreshadowing something? I'm mm -hmm. glad that it ended up coming back around and was 
prevalent. Um, but also there's a brief moment after he gets starred where he's falling full Jesus pose. Mm-hmm. And you can tell like he's off his gourd, like he's fully lost right. it. And like there's a moment of like bliss for him where he's like, I've been taken out, but God, wasn't I such a great villain? And he's like so pleased with himself. But then literally seconds later, the actual realization that he's about to be torn to shreds by zombies Mm -hmm. sinks in. And I just loved that switch. Like it was so good. It was so pure. And honestly, so in line for that character to be like, I'm Mm. the shit. Oh my God, this hurts. Like, I was so satisfied. I was so pleased with the way that he died. <laughs> Yum. This fills me. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that there's also an element of Savage, too, that has this complex where he wants to be revered and he wants people to look up to and appreciate him. And the fact of the matter is nobody does. Because there's even that moment early on where Tony mentions that him and some of the other coworkers had gone and had drinks the night before and like savage didn't even know that was happening nobody invited him nobody wanted him to come like nobody cares nobody wants this man around and Mm -hmm. there's an element of him that obviously loves control all he can't he cannot wait to become principal that's all he's talking about throughout the movie is that he's going to be becoming principal soon that is all that matters and i think that a lot of that also has to do with the idea of people backing him and like him being totally control everyone just following blindly and so it almost feels like there's this moment where he gets caught and he feels like he's like on top of the world and then he remembers that he's on zombies (laughs) (laughs) that are gonna like rip him to shreds but i mean at the same time it's like you know the students and whatever adults that are left over are kind of carrying him in Mm -hmm. this way that normally when you're crowd surfing it probably does feel really cool and empowering and like people are like like lifting you up and shit and for the moment, maybe he did feel like that. And then, yeah, he remembered, oh, yeah, they're going to eat me. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But, yeah, our, our film ends up with just Nick, Anna, and Steph mm-hmm. managing to make it out alive. Um, I don't know if it's the same for the extended version, but we kind of end on, like, a Santa Claus stinger of, like, it's like a Merry Christmas, very Jurassic Park, like a Merry Christmas sash goes across the screen and then we get like a jump scare of santa claus that's how my version ended no um how did yours end Wait, now but you got the car like they're in the car they're in the car like, and they're going? just driving away it's literally like a last ending gotcha stinger okay yeah mine just ends with steph asking where to now and then it cuts to nick who looks at anna and then anna like starts to smile a little bit and then it cuts and then that's the end of mine interesting that's so okay that the differences in these versions you striking. didn't even get that did you not no, get that, that part? no that's oh, okay, in there cool, all that's cool. in there the the stinger part happens after that okay. that's what that's what weirds me out because you had the extended version but then you cut some of the end which right interesting uh anyway um but you know they always have to put a stinger in like a theatrical release they always yeah, feel like they gotta like a little gotcha have a moment. gotcha moment yeah Mm-hmm. Um, but those are our only survivors. Everybody else doesn't make it. So we kind of end with this open-ended ending of like, these are the people that get away, but we don't really know like what's next for them, which I'm okay with. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the movie kind of wraps itself up in the way that I expect it to. Um, so the, the ending worked for me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was happy with the the ending. It's you are expects that stuff will come around for them because when they come out, she's not there. Which I don't know why they just expected her to be sitting there. Mm-hmm. As if they've been in there for so fucking long. Like Steph has probably been <laughs> sitting in her car for like an hour. Right. <laughs> so, had time to warm it up. <laughs> yeah. Preheat. She got to preheat in the seats probably and like <laughs> waiting for them. And so them waiting and not knowing if Steph is going to come is what leads us into our final song of them thinking that they're going to have to fight some more zombies and then Steph comes through. And yeah, I mean, I think that it makes the most sense as the ending. That is just kind of how these zombie films end is it's like, okay, what now? Where do we go now? And I think the group that we're left with is surprising, but I like that. I like that we're kind of left with this hodgepodge of people besides Anna, who we didn't think would survive and they did. And it's like a, it's a nice sweet ending i think Mm -hmm. to the movie that we got not too like not too sad not too cheesy i feel like that's the right in the middle kind of deserved ending because Mm -hmm. at this moment like i said we have tonally shifted we're a little bit more emotional we're a little bit more sentimental at this point and which honestly i think the best comedies are uh like a little bit of a mix of both Mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I think that the way that it ends is probably the most appropriate ending for the the story that has been told. And yeah. yeah, I think that's and I think that's why for me, like the ending feels so strong because I am really happy with the way that they wrapped our story up mm-hmm. and kind of wrapped our characters up. But it is just so different <laughs> from the way we started. And so that's why I can completely understand when some people appreciate the beginning more because that is kind of what is promised. The beginning is much more of kind of what you're expecting going into this movie. Um, And by the end, we're in a similar vein, but a little bit of a different place than we were when it started. Somber and like all that stuff. A little little bit darker than than previously. (laughs) I think especially because you're right. Savage is kind of brought to us as a fully comedic butt of the joke type of character that is very much what he is brought up as and that is very much what he is for the first half of the film and so when it takes this turn it's kind of weird (laughs) um Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden he literally is willing to kill people because he does he like allows all these people to be murdered was gonna murder the students when they showed up and does not give a fuck and so it's definitely different but i think because of how kooky everything else had been mm-hmm. i was very much because that's the thing too i mean we talk about it all the time is like zombie movies you do need a human antagonist to keep mm-hmm. yeah the zombies they, they get old after a while yeah. and like you need something else to be the danger um, yeah. just the nature nature of the genre yeah, and I think that this is one of those movies where it's like you almost expect it might be like the military or something. But like I said, yeah, the military gets taken out easy peasy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Savage is kind of the only other option. And yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it works very well, I think, because he is such an outlandish, like, mustache-twirling villain that it still keeps it kind of silly and fun. Mm-hmm. But it definitely is darker than anticipated <laughs> from how we <laughs> see him in the beginning. Because in the beginning, he feels very much like a bumbling, like, dorky kind of, I want to be the principal, like, character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. And let's see, last thoughts that I had here. Um, one, the joke about Taylor Swift becoming a zombie. Funny mm. enough, I think that joke is more relevant today than it was <laughs> in 2017. So yeah. I just think that that's awesome. Um, yeah. and I also like the fuck Mary kill. Yep, the fuck Mary kill. That's a great <laughs> sequence too. Um, also, Steph does murder someone with a spatula. Just uh, sorry, a zombie murders a zombie yes. with a spatula, but she does. But almost kill a zombie with a spatula. Steph, Steph is Steph is uh, a real one because she was ready to rock and she was ready to roll from the get go. From the get with everything going on, I will say last one of my last things that bowling alley fight sequence I think is really really fun. One of my favorite parts of it is just seeing Chris in the background <laughs> trying to run across um, the lanes. The lanes are yeah, just slippery. <laughs> yeah, so but it's a. I think that that's a really fun sequence. I think that the zombie killing in this movie is done really well and feels attainable for these characters, but also really funny and the gruesomeness of it i like the weapons that get used i like that they use everything at their disposal (laughs) for Mm -hmm. killing these zombies and yeah it it plays off it plays really well because we actually get a good amount of zombie action in this movie once things start to pop off and i really enjoyed that also anna straight up didn't really know what was going on immediately like decapitates a man i mean (laughs) it was the best thing that she could have done (laughs) Mm -hmm. but she popped off real quick and completely unfazed by it afterwards too like there were other things on her mind (laughs) did not care Mm -hmm. um yeah not i I agree with you the zombie (laughs) stuff was great i think choreography from just dances and musical numbers to action both sides were fantastic um, I did actually see that Steph had a choreography um, credit credit on this movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much of the choreography she did, but, you know, they worked on a, a decent amount of it. So that's pretty nice. dope as well. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. Um, and yeah, like I said, I I just think this movie is a good time. Mm-hmm. It is definitely... A musical, which, (laughs) duh, but you know, it's pretty, there are a lot of songs and it happens quite often. So I think honestly, that's the only thing I could see maybe being a deterrent from this film is if you just don't like musicals, because it is a lot of the film Mm -hmm. and, but everything else that happens in it is so fun. So yeah, that's the only thing that I could see maybe being something that a viewer wouldn't enjoy is maybe just the balance of things yeah that's that's fair um but last thing is for us to rate this and we just need a metric now Hmm. there are plenty of things that we could use in this one Mm -hmm. but what should be the thing 
Oh, uh, we could rate it out of uh, zombie bowling balls, zombie bowling balls, candy cane killings, savage principles. I kind of like that one just for the wordplay. I'm not even yeah. gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I think I'm I, I'm between candy cane killings and savage principles. I, I will let okay. you make the grand call on that. I feel like we could potentially have candy cane killings again. Mm-hmm. I don't foresee a savage principle. Okay. If we want to, if we want to do that one. All right, let's do it. Let's go ahead. <laughs> we'll make it out of savage principles. Okay. Um, I can, I can go ahead if you want. Yeah. Go, go for it. All right, I'm gonna make it real easy. This one, this one's a. Hmm. <clears throat> Actually, not I'm gonna make it real. Not I'm know, gonna make I it know. real I easy. Was, I was the about to commit to it, but then I, I, I checked myself. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. All right, I'm gonna keep it easy. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna give it a five. It's it's okay. gonna be a five out of five. Principle, uh, savage principles for me. I did have to think about it for a little bit because, like, I don't think that this movie is perfect. But but for me, mm-hmm. and for what I was watching it for during the time period that I was watching it. It was perfect. Like okay. it combined everything that I wanted. When I when I initially watched that trailer and saw that this movie was going to be a Christmas zombie musical, I didn't in, entirely know what to think. Mm-hmm. But after watching this movie, this movie is what I would have conceptualized as a zombie Christmas musical. It has mm-hmm. all of the things. It has very likable characters. It has catchy songs. It has a a serviceable plot that gets us from point A to point B. Um, it has a lot of fun, and not just with its musical numbers, but with its action as well. Um, it also has some heartfelt moments that I am surprised that I was moved by. And overall, the experience of it was just a lot of fun. And now, granted, there is absolutely some bias here. You already know it's zombies, so I give extra points, but... If you listen to last week's episode, you know that I am in the market for adding more and more spooky holiday titles to my repertoire. And I will say that this movie has solidified itself as like a seasonal favorite where I definitely think, especially around the holidays, I'm going to end up going back and watching this one. So I'm going to just go ahead and give this bad boy five out of five savage principles. Okay, do it then. Um... I think I am going to give this one 4.6 Savage Principles out of 5. Okay. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Honestly, wildly enough, I almost think if I saw the theatrical version, if I would give it a 5. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing that's keeping me from that is I did feel the length sometimes. I did feel right. the standstill at times. I should and really jump in and just say that my 5 is for the theatrical version. Right. That, which is crazy because I usually am one of those people who was like, oh, I wish I could see it the way it was intended. Like the director's <laughs> cut, right? And I did enjoy the director's cut. It doesn't seem like there's too, too much of a difference between what we saw besides the, the number and the opening sequence. Besides in like the little stinger kill, but that was probably about like three seconds. But mm-hmm. like the biggest amounts of time are probably coming from those two things. So I would be interested to see it without that song and have a little bit of time trimmed off. I'm still no, I'll feel that 
kind of block where we're, we're getting momentum and then all of a sudden we stop. I still know I'm going to feel that, but probably a little bit less. And so that's the only thing that's really keeping it from being like a five out of five, because I, for me, a five out of five is a movie where I don't really feel the runtime at all. And I did <laughs> in this one. But even still, like I said, despite me feeling that way sometimes during the songs, I still enjoyed all the songs. I enjoyed the performances. I thought that they're they were great songs, really fun, but also really heartfelt ones. The singing was beautiful. The sequencing of events and the action in this movie and the way that it unfolds, I think, is really, really entertaining. I think it's a fun way of telling this story, a creative way of telling this story, one that we don't get to see very often. And I do think it's one I'm going to add to my rotation. And like I said, I am kind of disappointed in myself that I had never seen it earlier than now. So yeah, fun movie, creative movie, well done, well executed. And the only thing I could see, like I said, being a deterrent from this is just the musical aspect of everything. But yeah, for me, it's a 4.6 out of five Savage Principles. Solid. But that is it for Anna and the Apocalypse. So for any of you homies who have seen this and want to check out a different version, I guess if you haven't seen the theatrical version, it's on Amazon to rent. If you haven't seen the director's cut, it is on AMC plus. So yeah, check out all the versions if you can and let us know what you think. You can always talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer to talk in discord, come hang out, come say hello to us and the other homies. You can find the link for that in our social media bios. Or if you want to email us, you can at homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. And you can always come and check us out on Twitch. Twitch is where we hang out with the homies, play spooky games, have some drinks, have some laughs. If you would like to come through there and follow us, then you can find the link for that also in our social media bios. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we'd very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or a review. Both can be done over on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we'd just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done so, we'd love for you to. Over on Spotify, you can leave us a little bit of Christmas cheer by tapping the stars underneath our name to rate us. But that is it for us today, homies. We hope that you've enjoyed this very special musical episode of The Homies. And we will be coming back next time with some more holiday horror. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.